Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. Hibernation. I was not able to make it last week, and I put all the pressure on the man, the myth, the legend, Ethan Rodenswag, and he came through with a preview of the NCAA tournament. And as we sit here tonight, Thursday night, just saw our 14 seed Cinderella, San Francisco, Austin, blow the game. And it's it's not San Francisco, Austin. Stephen F. Whatever SF. It's Stephen, like yeah, Stephen F. Austin. My mind's in shambles. That was one of my best picks of the tournament, and they just got outscored. 24 to 9 in the, the last eight minutes. Very upsetting. Very upset it, about it. It it was so upsetting. I mean, that's a game that the it's not even the underdog was teasing you like they were making their comeback and gonna hit the game winning buzzer beater. This was an underdog that was leading the entire way. And like you said, it was a 20 to like nine run at the end of the game that separated Texas Tech from SFA. So and they, they just really, didn't, they didn't have a field goal the last five and a half minutes. It's like. It, Hard How do you not get the bat, ball? I in could the score in, in five minutes. minutes. Just give That's me a couple layups. It, it's just it was atrocious the way they lost. Yes, they're the underdog. Yes, they're not expected to win those games. And me and Xander went out on a limb picking them. But uh, it's always tough when you see these these bracket. Your bracket gets some red marks on it. This is my second loss of the day. I tried going big on uh, South Dakota State as well against Ohio State. Didn't really work out for me there. It was also a really good game. Didn't do it. Didn't do it for you. No, my twelve five is well. Actually, hmm? it might not be still live, but let, let's preface. You know, it's Thursday night, so we're, we're missing out. This is Saturday morning. We're missing out on a, on a whole day of action here. But we're gonna break down the Thursday slate. What has happened so far? We're coming near the end of the San Diego State Houston game. All right, we got a couple minutes left in that one, but a lot of good action today so far. Um, you know, Oklahoma found a way to to screw me also. Um, and kind of showed why I didn't, didn't think they should have been in the tournament in the first place. Could not close they, out that they game. They were a collapsing Rhode team Island. as well today. Yeah, that was that was bad. And um, threw some f bombs in the car listening to the Gonzaga game on the radio because I also had UNC Greensboro. So a uh, cu- couple games not not falling with his way today. Not happy and, about it. But no no Sweet Sixteen teams out. So bracket uh, yeah, bracket still say. alive, but a little more red than I would like. If it's you can keep bit. your Sweet 16 and your Elite 8 together through the first round, you've, you've done something right. That's that's always the big worry is Louisville, Duke, or one of those teams going to like 
fall out of the tournament, be in your Elite Eight, and you're already done. Or at least you're saying you're already done. Duke, Duke's usually good for a one out of every three years. Like, you're at Buffalo Wild Wings with all the boys, and they just, you know, they're a three seed. They lose to a 14 seed. Yeah, and your heart just splatters that, that all happened over the Buffalo Wild Wings table. I like, think that was the same year that Missouri was a two seed and had lost. Yeah, like, And they had lost right, prior to us getting to Buffalo Wild Wings. Right. So, all the people like myself who had Missouri getting out the next round, we're very happy, and then by the end of the night, we all wanted to jump off a cliff. And that's kind of what NCAA, their March Madness does for you. And like I said, when you put it in that perspective, we're having a good day so far. I've lost two games. I might lose the San Diego one. I just I didn't want to buy into the Houston hype. They're down four with about a minute 55 without the ball right now. But uh, I know that's irrelevant to you on Saturday. But let me talk about a game where the swinging did go my way, where finally it wasn't Murray State, Louisville, and I watched a dagger going down against my team, or that Norfolk, like you said, Missouri game where that ball didn't go in for one of the Presley twins. Today, and this is a driving instance, by the way, Xander, I'm in the car, L.A. traffic, freaking terrible. Windows down because it's beautiful out here and everything. And I got the March Madness app, which you should all download because you can watch every game from it live. And I'm watching the Loyola game while driving. And that sounds bad, but the traffic is so bad that my car is moving maybe like a centimeter per minute. So it's no no damage, no damage at all. I don't even know what that speed would be like, but whatever it is. And I'm watching the game. I'm watching Ingram take the ball up after a bizarre miss on Miami's part. And he puts up this miracle three, drains it. I start screaming, top of my lungs. Remember this, windows are down, saying, let's go. Almost like as if I'm telling the cars around me to move and stuff. And like, fuck yeah, all this. I, I, whoops, I just dropped the hard one. But I look over the window next to me and the guy is flipping me off because he <laughs> thought I was yelling at him. How about that? <laughs> that is funny. Very funny. Um, but yeah, what a what a great time of the year. March Madness. I mean, we got some crazy stuff I think we got to talk about in the NFL as well. We got That'll def- we'll definitely cover that towards the end. Spring that's training for sure. heating up like we finally we pushed past the month of February. And how about the fact that Tiger? We're gonna have to talk about how Tiger Woods is the favorite right now to win the Masters. I mean, how ridiculous is that? But really, he is. I did not see eight to one. Eight to one to win the Masters for Tiger. Yeah. I mean, the the sports world just just turned it up to eleven. I think after that horrible month of February. No, it was February is the tough. You got your you get your Super Bowl, and then that's just like that's when you've you drop the load. And guys, you know what I'm talking about. And you there's a recovery period and. March, we're back into it. But let's just go run through quick Thursday slate. Kentucky pulling it out. We got Tennessee Kentucky, early game. I think Kentucky, that was scary. Davidson, that was a scary um, game. That guy was hitting threes the entire second half for Davidson. Yeah, so I'm not worried about Kentucky. And I know you're on the Kentucky bandwagon a little bit because they won the SEC championship. But they look awful. They didn't make a single three the entire game, which is the first time in 1,187 games, I believe. And and they still that, won. Let it be known. Still, Against a Davidson team that was, I think, a third-tier team. I understand they won the A-10. I understand they had one of those Cinderella runs where you make it to the tournament when you weren't supposed to. You steal away an automatic bid from somebody else. But that wasn't a very good Davidson team. I'm going to have to put that out there in the universe. And they gave it to Kentucky. They gave it their all. But Kentucky, to me, just isn't that good of a team. The SEC, to me, isn't that good. And that brings me up to Tennessee, who blew out, obviously, Wright State, a team I don't I don't understand how Wright State's in. Obviously, they won their conference tournament, but that conference is so, so like the garbage level of that conference is brutal. And I'm bringing that up because my next team I was going to talk about is Kansas. 
and how they actually were pushed to the limits by Penn at the 16. And I believe the heart or the Ivy League is a lot better of a conference than the Horizon League, which Wright State was in. Yet Wright State's a 14 and Penn gets a 16. I was thinking there was a potential scare this year, Xander, at the one versus 16. For a little bit, that was, that game was pretty close. It was like completely the opposite of Radford Villanova. I mean, watching that game for about five minutes. I mean. They're always outmatched the 16 seeds, but very apparent here. <laughs> got some fist pumps going on. We got a tie game. We got game. a massive tie game now at San Diego, Houston. Huge three-pointer by San Diego State. Big moment here down at the stretch of the game. But Kansas, to me, also, not since we were on that game real quickly. Mm-hmm. Also, I think when you have to – you hear about it all the weeks leading up to the tournament. Not the weeks, but the week leading up to the tournament. Who's the weakest one? Going into the tournament, well, a lot of people are saying, a lot of people are saying Xavier. A lot of Houston, back on top, three points. I know we're baby. bringing you live updates of this Houston game, but we're going to be, yep, we're tied again here. So another three. It's it's a crazy game going on. But real wow. quickly, I think Kansas is the weakest one seed. I don't know how much you do they are one weaker than Xavier. Weaker than Xavier. I think Xavier is more complete than I'm giving them credit for, and that's going to bite me when they play Gonzaga. But I have Gonzaga over them. Well, Kansas, I think to when me, they play OSU is when it's going to go down. I just think to me the Big 12 is weak, and we're going to see that. And I don't know, I don't have a lot of faith in Kansas. I think Graham is unbelievable. Malik Newman's really coming into his own since he's transferred from Mississippi State. I don't know. I don't like Kansas. That's my spiel on Kansas. They got seen the ball the team that looked fantastic today. <laughs> That's all the time we have here, and Houston just takes the lead with 1.1 seconds left, everybody. I'll see you after the break. What is up, everybody? We are back at the Sporting Edge, and it is official. Houston takes down San Diego State. A lot of disappointment over on the other side of the mic from Roz. I can't see his face right now, but I can just feel the steam coming out of his ears. That was a big one. That was tough. But Rob Gray, what other better guy to do it? Hits a three-pointer with 20 seconds left. Hits the game-winning layup with one second left. Drops 39 points on the Aztecs. And Houston will move on, and hopefully to the Sweet 16, because that's where I've got them. But fantastic game, 67-65. Houston takes down the Aztecs. And again, it just goes along the lines that there's just been some fantastic games today. Yes, I'm upset because, I don't know, one, how you let him get to the rim like that, and two, how he finishes a layup of that magnitude. But congrats to Houston. I have them losing. To, I would have them losing to Michigan anyways, as I had San Diego State losing to Michigan. So hopefully that'll come to fruition when it comes to be. Hey, and upset time. upset alert right now. Buffalo is up 3-2 to two against Arizona. I, I would, that would be the end of my tournament. That is a Final Four team I have, yeah. and that would just be... I think Arizona, I would have to venture to say, it was probably the most popular four seed out of, if people picked a four seed to win the tournament. You got Wichita State, Auburn and Gonzaga. It's Gonzaga. You got a lot of people like Arizona, except me, because they're going down to Kentucky. But I would much well, rather have Buffalo move on and play Kentucky. Well, we'll see. Finally. We'll see what goes on there. But I'm just going to quickly toss out my final four. So I got Villanova, North Carolina, Arizona, and Duke. I think that's a very powerful final four. I got to see Duke dominate their way through their first game. Villanova absolutely dominated Radford. Nothing. I mean, you expect nothing less against a 16. And then UNC, I have to wait till tomorrow. But Arizona, I'll get my first crack. Hopefully they have another dominating performance like my other two final four teams to make me feel confident moving forward. But 
the way the games have been going so far, the second stretch of the second half of the day, it's been pretty, pretty amazing. So the caliber of March Madness. Yeah, it's been good. My final four looks almost nothing like that, except Villanova have them. Um, basically, because I didn't really like anybody from the top right bracket. I got Purdue <laughs> get knocked out by Butler. From the uh, east bracket, but you got it. Whatever. I go by <laughs> I go by quadrants, not by destination. I had Texas Tech get knocked out in the first round, like... I had this this I had the east the east bracket just getting picked apart and just Villanova winning just because but the Midwest I'm really excited I think the best game of this bracket what what are we calling them quadrants regions regions is confusing it's confusing me but regardless Michigan State Duke if it gets there I think that'll be an unbelievable game reminds me the first first game of the year first time I turned on college basketball with Michigan State Duke um pretty good game and I think Michigan State takes them down because I've got them in my final four got Michigan State Kansas in the elite eight um Kansas didn't really like them to begin with and what I saw against Penn not that not that it really matters but I didn't like it that much think think they could be a little, a little bit of trouble against Seton Hall. We'll see um Seton Hall played a pretty damn good game down the stretch against NC State. And then I've also got UNC, my tournament champion this year. Went with them last year, won me a little money in the bracket and my rule of thumb is that I will never pick as good of a bracket with the chalk champion or even one of the top 4 chalks um compared to everybody else. So I'm going to take a little bit of a lesser known and I think UNC is the perfect team to do that with this year. Um, just not a popular champion pick, my opinion. And I think I was kind of proven right. I've only seen a couple people in the brackets that I'm in with UNC, but I like the experience. Obviously, I love Roy Williams, uh, Joel Berry, Theo Pinson. I think this this could be the perfect storm, and especially what I think is a weak Western region. Um, I think Michigan gets taken out early, and I think you know Xavier is, is no match for UNC when they're going to play on the 24th, hopefully. And then I got Kentucky. Kentucky is my, uh, my big wild card in the final four. Wow. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm glad they, they escaped versus Davidson. I think they're going to have to escape versus Arizona, which, you know. And then escape at, against Virginia and, and then escape. escape against Cincinnati. They're going nope. to escape their entire way to the final four, Ten- my man. Tennessee is going to beat Cincinnati. But, yeah, Kentucky's just going to be a bunch of escape artists until they get rudely awakened by UNC in the final four. Um, but yeah, I, I was about ready to close up, close up the brackets when Davidson tied that game late in the second half, (laughs) but it was, it wasn't promising for Kentucky who, like I said, couldn't hit a three that entire game, but right. That's unbelievable. But Hey, watch out, watch out for Tennessee too. Admiral Schofield, one of my favorite players in college basketball. SEC, the big 12, they could all just start packing their bags and going home. So that is our final four picks. We got a whole slate of games, obviously, on Friday that we will be unable to bring you guys. And then Saturday, we start the, I call it the technical second round. Obviously, it's really the third round due to the whole first four play in BS. But we will definitely be able to cover that as we go next week. I know you know our final four. We hope your brackets are doing well. I've lost two in a row now at this point. So what was a starlight day at 9 and 10 is now a 9 and 12. So... We'll move on from there. Hopefully, we finish the last quarter of games on this Thursday evening in the right fashion. But Xander, what 
what would you say is the most memorable NCAA tournament moment you've had in your stretch? I just, we close up our March Madness talk for the day. As we close up, oh, I mean, it's got to be, you know, the, the one time that I won a big bracket pool. I know you've heard this story probably a couple times, but it was a sophomore year of high school, um, took Connecticut coming off a hot Big East tournament win with Kemba Walker um, and, and rode them all the way to the championship and needed a couple couple insane things to happen. I don't remember exactly what the details were, but um, it got to the point where if Connecticut won the national championship, then I took took home the the entire the entire payout pool it was like twelve hundred dollars i was a sophomore year in i was a sophomore can we just say how illegal that is that like deerfield's sports book we will have we have no names to give but for high schoolers from the age of what every every school in america has a bracket pool. 14 to 18 yeah but we had a pretty extensively massive one yeah and like twelve hundred dollars to a 14 year old kid might as well be like a million yeah, you're 14 years old. Because what do you, you besides get, going to like Chipotle and the movies? That's Chipotle maybe, for a year almost. Yeah, I mean it. It was unbelievable. Um, so that was probably my biggest biggest moment was them winning the national championship. And I, I have to be honest, like I don't think I really picked a good good bracket since then. Like, I picked I picked the champion last year. Um, a lot of people did though, but yeah, probably my last good bracket was about six years ago. That's fair. I would you? say from I for me it would be two things. One, my first upset pick ever. I mean, you got to think about it. when you're growing up learning this tournament challenge and everything and putting together brackets. You, you always start chalk just because when you're a kid you don't really have the instinct to put something else out there that isn't like a Duke or Kentucky all and the way. And then you you go chalk until you turn into the the skeptic like Wits who picks so many not chalks that he just looked at his bracket as a pile of mush after the first two days because he was thought he was being cute. Yeah, and I remember my first upset pick of my own, on my own, without my dad's help or any other help, was a West, that Western Kentucky game, that wild freaking Western Kentucky game. And they pulled off on a spectacular buzzer beater, one of the best shots I've ever seen, one of the most glorious moments of all time. And I remember celebrating as if I was on the court with them. I mean, there were shirts lost, maybe a little bit of a pants lost, something dribbling down my leg. I mean, who knows? I was that excited. So that was up there as one of them. And then I actually had a stretch, Xander. I didn't win brackets. And I promise you, this is not BS because I'm being honest. I didn't win the pools. I didn't win any money off of this. But I went three years in a row picking the right champion. I just had such a crappy bracket. It didn't really matter. And I, I love this kind of tournament this year because um, with no clear-cut team that you say that team is is most likely going to win i remember it was so apparent that one year with kentucky i think it was with anthony davis and i I chose not to take him because my first thought was like i'm not going to pick if i pick the chalk champion i'm not going to pick a better bracket than most other people i'm going to stay away but i think this is a great type of year because i think i think you probably got about eight or nine legitimate teams um and that's just in my opinion that could win there's obviously more you know, but you look at it in Arizona as a four seed, I'd say all the ones and twos possibility. I don't really think Xavier has much of a chance, but they are a one seed. They have been playing pretty well all year. Um, Roz, we got about 10 seconds left. Arizona, are they going to do it? Uh, <laughs> there hasn't, there's been only one non-chalk win so far today, so that bodes not so well for me. Karma might be against Michigan and Arizona tonight, but we'll know on Saturday if I'm still hanging into the bracket pool. All right, you heard it here first. Ethan Rosenzweig, this is the Sporting Edge. 
Wits and Roz, you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm. We will see you after the break, everybody. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. And we are back, everybody. It's the Sporting Edge. We kind of did all we could do on the NCAA tournament. We will keep you updated all throughout the week. And obviously, we'll be back with our Sweet 16 picks next week. But almost just as crazy, the offseason in the NFL is just heating up. And it kind of boiled over on the first day of the NCAA tournament. Roz, I know you got some thoughts. So hit me with it. All right. There has been a lot in the NFL. Clearly, we all know where my main focus is, and that relies in the northern region of Wisconsin, Green Bay, and we're making moves. Let me tell you right now, we are making the moves. We are not done yet. We have not hit on key pieces since we don't have any cornerbacks. We might actually start the NFL season without cornerbacks, but that's okay because we signed Muhammad Wilkerson as well as Jimmy, the greatest tight end of all time, Graham. Yeah, I'm dubbing him that name now. Think about his statistics already, and now think about it with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. This Packers team, I don't care that they added Allen Robinson in Chicago. I don't care that they added Kirk. Now they got two injured bums. They got Kevin White number two. Exactly, and I don't care that Kirk, I'm going to throw an interception to lose every single key game, is in Minnesota. That's even better for me. It's just like having a poor man's Brett Favre ensure that the the Packers are going to win every single game in the NFC North. So I'm good. I'm okay. I'm loving life right now. I understand the key thing that people want to keep trying to bring me down. Jordy Nelson was released by the Packers. A very sad moment for me. I love Jordy Nelson. He's been one of my favorite players since we drafted him out of K-State. It's tough, but he's 32 years old. He's lost a bit of a step, and he wasn't willing to restructure his deal. Jimmy Graham's not 25 anymore either there, buddy. Eh, it's fine. Jimmy Graham, Tony Gonzalez, Jimmy Graham, completely different breeds. Look how good Tony Gonzalez was towards the end of his career. So just keep that in mind. Jordy Nelson, he'll be going to the Oakland Raiders, a team that I like. I think it'll be great. Derek Carr having him as an option. And watch out. Maybe Michael Crabtree, who they just cut, will end up being a Packer. Obviously, a whole lot of other things going on. Ndamukong Sue released by the Dolphins. We've got Tyler Eifert staying with your Bengals. I don't know if you heard about that news. That's, <laughs> on a one-year so deal. You can draft him again if you'd like, just so you know. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Um Let's talk quarterbacks. I was going to say, get get going with these quarterbacks because I don't even think there's going to be quarterbacks drafted anymore with all these teams making these quarterback moves. Yeah, one thing I'll I'll say about it with the Broncos is I'm I'm confused. I'm uh, I'm thoroughly confused. I think <laughs> I think we all know how I feel about Kirk Cousins on this show that you know he's consistently let the Redskins down. Although he's a good player, I just don't 
see the upside of him versus Case Keenum on why the Broncos decided to go with Keenum over Cousins. I mean, maybe I could be completely wrong here, but I'm I'm a little lost. And I know there's talks about the Broncos maybe drafting a quarterback, trading up, maybe for Josh Allen or someone of, of the like. But Case Keenum, I mean, after the Paxton Lynch, the Trevor Simeon, and who's he at? Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. And Josh gonna, Allen, by the way, to me, is another Brock Osweiler. I just want to put that in the that, universe okay. before he's drafted. That's fair. But after all that, all that debacle, we're going to go and sign Case Keenum, who is – Although he had a great year, is 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 a career backup. Let's let that be known. <laughs> it it'll be interesting. I think I don't think he's going to perform the way he did last year. Not even close. I, I mean, he def- but, he could, but I don't see it. And Kirk Cousins, as much as I don't like him, like I think the upside is there, and he gets a fat, fully guaranteed three year contract from the Vikings. The Vikings, that's a scary team. It's a scarier the, team than they were the day before because I think Kirk Cousins is an upgrade from Case Keenum all things being equal it just doesn't matter to me I got the best quarterback in the NFL that's all I need we're rebooting we're retooling this Packers team I'm very very confident in I also see what I I want to talk about the quarterback stuff is just how much the quarterbacks are being moved around so we had the idea and also this with Saquon Barkley supposedly going to be the number one pick and then the Browns go out and sign Carlos Hyde I mean it seems like this free agency more than most is filling the needs that these teams were concerned about prior to the draft I mean I think you had the opportunity as the Browns you spent too much money on Hyde which obviously it wasn't the biggest end deal for running back but you could have had Saquon Barkley who they're saying is the best running back talent to come out of the draft and obviously that's all speculation and everything but he was going to be a true number one pick to go along with Jarvis Landry who just landed and Josh Gordon who stopped smoking weed so you're completely fine there and then you have the option to draft any of these quarterbacks at four yet you're bringing this is where like the case Keenum you're bringing in Tyrod Taylor who yes can be mobile but doesn't have the strongest arm doesn't have the most accurate arm but now you're in a bank on another one to two seasons with Tyrod Taylor. I mean, I just think the Browns, they just don't understand the concept of building to win or being prepared to win. And I think you have a better opportunity by drafting Barkley with a Darnold or a Rosen than you do with Tyrod Taylor and Carlos Hyde. You know, and I could be yeah. wrong, but that was partly upsetting no. as well as seeing what the Jets were doing and re-signing McCown, bringing in Bridgewater. I mean, now what's the point of having a quarterback there? That's just going to create more of a controversy as well. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm I'm still going to stick by it. I'm a fan of Deshaun Kaiser. I think one day he's going to be a very good starting quarterback in the NFL. For the Packers? I hope not. I hope we cut him. I don't know, man. I think he's going to be good. I think the Browns are making another mistake in the fact that they're just not willing to write out any process. I mean, they've had, what is it, like 20, 25 quarterbacks the past since 2000, like it's ridiculous. And I, I just don't think Tyrod Taylor is the answer. Um, but I mean, it, it is typical Browns. Like I can't, can't deny that they are, they're, they are making some things happen. I don't know if those are, if they're going to be good or they're going to be bad, but also we got to mention Sam Bradford going to the Cardinals. A lot of shakeup from the Minnesota Vikings quarterback. One day they have three, the next day they have none. And then they get Kirk cousins. Um, <laughs> and they trade for Trevor Simeon, right? trade for Trevor Simeon. So a lot of interesting stuff going around in the NFL. A little bit of sad news. CJ Fedorowicz will retire. Concussion issues. Joe Thomas. So Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas. Um, after having that 10-year stretch 
of playing 10,363 consecutive snaps, um, believed to be the longest streak in the NFL history. Um, he's going to retire. A little bit of sad news there. I mean, that's if you think about an offensive lineman, guys who's literally getting banged on every play, the fact that he was able to play 10 straight years will undoubtedly be a Hall of Famer. Um, Cardinals releasing Tyron Matthew. Wanted Big. to give him a pay cut. Uh, I think this was a mistake. I think Big this mistake. sends the Cardinals into a tailspin that they, you know, were on the precipice of avoiding with one of their best players. But, you know, the, the Cardinals, the team that I said was going to win the Super Bowl two years ago after, you know, getting pretty far in the playoffs, I, I think I do not see the same team anymore. And, again, you're relying on Sam Bradford, which – Yes, we know his completion percentage is pretty good, but that's when he's dumping the ball off. And you know what? Actually, he has the best running back to dump the ball off, too, and hopefully he'll stay healthy in David Johnson. But like you're saying, that defensive core was amazing with Patrick Peterson and Tyron Matthew. I mean, that defense was going to be unstoppable. And I don't know what kind of cut they were looking to force because he actually went on first take and said he would love to stay in Arizona and didn't not consider the idea of a pay cut. But they must have asked him to cut it almost in half if he was willing to bounce like that. I mean— That's ridiculous to let him go. I'm hoping the Packers see that. I know we have our own issues with letting Morgan Burnett go at this point in time. But I, it's the league is going to go after him. He's a valuable safety to add to your team. And Malcolm Butler intends to join the Titans on a five-year, $61 million deal. Guarantee of $30 million. Um, I think a lot of people expected Malcolm Butler to not be on the Patriots anymore after that Super Bowl. Um, and he goes to the Titans, a team that's... Definitely up and coming. Definitely up and coming, and they released DeMarco Murray, which I thought was a big move. To it, it'll now put Derrick Henry in control with Deion Lewis, who they also acquired from the Patriots, obviously through signing him as a free agent. But that is a great second option there. Derrick Henry will dominate the ball most of the game, but you can always swing Deion Lewis in for pass catching as well as third down work. And like you said, Malcolm Butler coming to it. Tennessee Titan team that is on the rise. They made the playoffs last season. I think Marcus Mariota is going to figure out this interception woes and everything. But uh, I'm a little upset Malcolm Butler decided to uh, go this route. Obviously, we don't have the money to pay for him in Green Bay. Obviously, I am like Brian Gutzenberg right now. Gutzenkirst, the guy, the GM right now for the Packers. I'm ready to sign everybody and anybody right now. So, But it's good to see him there. Tremaine Johnson getting one of the largest cornerback deals of all time in New York. The Jets just willing to spend, spend, spend on corners, and yet they're still one of the worst teams in the or yeah, worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, um, Bears making a lot of moves. I know we mentioned Allen Robinson, but also signing Taylor Gabriel and tight end Trey Burton, trying to make some things happen around Mitch Trubisky, and I can definitely respect that. Um, last year, that receiving core was, dude, I, I didn't even, I had never even heard of some of these guys. Um, due to the injury to Kevin White, who is still seems like he's yet to step on an NFL field. Hopefully he can stay healthy this year with Allen Robinson, with Taylor Gabriel. Um, you know, and then oh, I'm blanking on his name. Ter- Sammy Tari- Watkins to the Chiefs? No, no. no, no. Tariq Cohen. I'm thinking of the oh, Bears' backfield. And Jordan Howard. Could be, could be an exciting offense in Chicago. Something I haven't been able to say that much. I mean, Jay Cutler was sometimes exciting just for all the wrong reasons. But that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge. Everybody, you miss a show, you know where to find us. LibertyTalk.fm, AMFM247.com. We'll be back after the break. (laughs) 
What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. Last segment of the day for the Sporting Edge, and Roz getting all fired up during the break about something with the Packer that wasn't paying attention really. But why don't you just just put it on us live, Roz? What are you mad about with the Green Bay Packers? I'm not mad. Remember, I was happy last segment. I guess I off air I was venting. Off air, you were venting. You're showing your true colors. Just defensive backs have been our main key issue, and yet again, we just like aren't making years. any moves. It's been tough since Charles Woodson retired. We really haven't had anybody to uh, defend the ball when it's thrown into the air. So hopefully we figure that out. I'm currently searching what our next options are, but who knows. And uh, can we just bring up the fact that it's been a good offseason to be an NFL wide receiver who has improved very much? Oh, um, yeah. Look, Marquise Lee, love him, was on my team this year, but resigning for a four-year deal worth $38 million and $18 million guaranteed for a guy who – uh, on the field about half the time. Uh, Paul Richardson, a guy who I don't I don't is, think he's even started 20 games in the NFL, expected to sign a five-year, $40 million contract, $20 million guaranteed. Um, you brought up Sammy Watkins before. It's just like, wow. He's our no, no business fantasy player. Yeah, Sammy Watkins, $48 million with 30 guaranteed. Um, Allen Robinson getting a huge deal coming off an ACL tear. I mean, good Lord. This is kind of like the wave of, it was like five years ago. And if you were like just an average lefty pitcher in, in major league baseball, you were 15 million, like 450 ERA. Don't care. Losing yeah, record. Don't care. A- you give me 200 innings. You're getting 15 million a year. I don't care. Like that. That seems like we're getting a wave of that with wide receivers in the NFL. Like, what's the deal? Is Paul Richardson going into Washington and becoming the new number one receiver? I mean, Alex Smith is coming from a place where his number one receiver wasn't very tall, but was the fastest guy on any NFL field any given day in Tyreek Hill. So I don't really know what the whole plan is there in Washington. But, hey, if you're willing to sink that money into Paul Richardson, go do it, I guess. But, again, this receiver market has been weird. I'm glad we didn't spend heavy on it up in Green Bay. But, uh it's definitely interesting because I don't see any of these guys on my fantasy team next year. Yeah, and um, interesting also, Ryan Grant failed physical with the Baltimore Ravens, so that deal looked like it's going to be null and void. Um, John Brown looks like he's going to sign with the Ravens, so interesting to see where Ryan Grant will end up. Definitely was a big talent. I thought he kind of underachieved a little bit this year, but... There, there's another guy to look out for. We got Albert Albert Wilson, um, pretty good wide receiver for the Chiefs. Intends to sign with the Dolphins on a three-year, twenty-four million dollar contract. Man, even that seems pretty big for a guy who you heard his name like every once every four weeks. He was like the replacement highlight for Tyreek Hill. It was like Tyreek Hill would catch three eighty-yard bombs and like every fourth week, Albert Wilson would sneak in with the big play. Um, no. Bucks. Mike Evans, huge extension, well worth it. Five years, $82.5 million, $55 million guaranteed. Wow. And it's well-deserved. He's an absolute monster. And yeah. that team, which I was had high hopes for, they're really going to need to figure it out this offseason, probably not be on hard knocks. and uh, Probably not. And because it's, it was brutal watching how bad they were this past season. Right. And Eagles also trade Torrey Smith. To the Panthers, so hmm. huh. there's a hmm. 
It's just more like the or, wide receivers moving around, yet none of them excite me because I don't think any of them are super impact play, like yeah, receivers. Torrey Smith, like, I think I don't think he's had a really good fantasy year in about five years, but the first thought with him is always that one big year with the Ravens. Like, I still hang on to that, even though it's like... <laughs> Yeah, even like though he's been in the 49ers, ago. the Eagles, the Panthers. Right. Like, You're just like, eh, Torrey Smith had that one really good year in Baltimore. Like, maybe he'll do it again. Yeah, we'll see. Still, not too confident about helmet. that. No, I, I'm not very confident about it either, but just just crazy stuff going on. And we haven't even touched baseball yet, but it's been, it's been hard with all this news. Um, Jake Arrieta, I guess, is the newest news signing that – Pretty, I think it's a big deal. Somebody told me the other day they didn't think a three-year, $75 million deal was a big deal. I mean, at any point where you're making $25 million a year, I think you're in good shape. And he didn't deserve the $200 million contract that he would have gotten after his Cy Young season. And that's not to say he can prove he's going to be an awesome stud for the Phillies. Like, yeah, I think he'll be a good pitching option there. But to me, I think that's a fantastic deal for what this market was giving out to people. And that's really the only baseball news I have. I mean, I was waiting to talk a little bit about Tiger and get into a heated debate about that. Yeah, I'll comment on Arietta real quick. I thought this was a really good move for the Phillies. Um, they're making some things happen. I think you look at the top of that rotation with Aaron Nola, um, now adding Jake Arietta, Jared Eikhoff, Vince Velasquez. Um you know, the Phillies, I think, are trying to make some things happen. And in a division where you've got a Nationals team who can never really seem to get over the hump, even though they do play pretty well in the regular season, and you have a Mets team who I think is pretty boom or bust, depending on the health of that pitching staff. I mean, the, the Phillies, they, they could be one of those teams that surprised this year. They could be like a Colorado Rockies of last year um, who've got some young talent and they just all are playing really well. I think Jake Arrieta is a great guy to have on that team. I'll definitely miss him in Chicago. I think Yu Darvish is a better option, but that that is still yet to be seen. I, I can't say that for sure. I think we do have a great rotation, but um, still have a salty taste in my mouth from that World Series watching Yu Darvish not even being able to get through four innings. But that is talking baseball right now on the Sporting Edge. Once we get to the regular season, we will be doing basically nothing but baseball. As I'm now in the uh, Wits Fantasy Baseball League, it is actually run by our friend Sammy Cohen, but yep. I'm excited to be a new member of that team or that fantasy organization. I plan to win it. So that's my news. Yeah. Um, good for you. Let me, de- let, me, let me get on this Tiger Woods thing real quick. You go. Awesome. Awesome that he's been in the top 10 recently. Awesome that he's making the cut and everything. But the Masters. Not to mention I'm also upset that Spieth is – third with the nine he's nine to one favorite to win i mean spieth has been absolute garbage this season i wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole here in the masters i know how could you say that about one of the world's best golfers it's just not you know what i think it's the year of ricky you know i'm feeling ricky <laughs> it's always doing, the year of ricky until it's not that's fair but ricky leading the way in the valspar um I, I gotta tell you i like ricky i don't this this tiger talks too soon again everything's too soon with tiger it was too soon his first comeback. It's it never, was too soon to say he was going to compete. It's never too now, soon because you realize this this could be it with Tiger. So people always it's always going to be too soon until it's never again. So what I, do you mean, it's, I, dude? I mean the guy is going to be like I don't know how old he is, but he's old. Phil was old when he won a major. Dude, Jack Phil, Phil is never major. like. First of all, Phil was never as good as Tiger. Put no, that I out agree. There. And second of all, he never had as big of a falling from grace. 
Like Tiger, yeah, not he only also didn't sleep with like twenty three women. Okay, I'm married. also talking like, about I... injury wise. Like Tiger has not been right for like ten years. He's been okay. on and off. Phil, Phil just kind of just slugs around with that big so fat what, grip so on his putter. With Tiger being so, me and Xander do this pool for the Masters and all the major golf tournaments. What? So Tiger's in that first grouping, and you're gonna you feel confident as him being your number one player? Like I that, didn't, I didn't say that. I don't know. Um, Are you even confident in him at all that you think he's going to be there on the fine on Sunday at the Masters? I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm confident that he's going to be there, but I know if there's one guy that could be there, even at not at his peak physically, like it's Tiger. I mean, we had this we had this argument literally a year ago to almost this point when we had Mike Surface on and we did this whole golf thing because Tiger was supposed to come back last year, yet he missed the Masters and then ultimately missed the rest of the season. And people were willing to say, ah, Tiger's going to make this comeback. Tiger's going to come back. He looks good. He can compete. I don't think, like I said a year ago, two years ago, whenever we started doing this show, he will never win another major again. I'm still holding on to that. And for him to be the favorite coming in But you're a little nervous now. You're a little sweaty about it. I'm not nervous. You're more nervous than you were a year ago. I admit it. Like I just, I just All right, ripped on wrapping Spieth. up. Last thoughts, Roz. What are they? I ripped on Spieth. I still think Spieth has a better shot than Tiger, which doesn't seem like oh wow, very wise. But yeah, he sucked this year, and he still has a better shot than Tiger. Okay, fair enough. You heard it here first. This is the Sporting Edge. We are knee deep in NCAA basketball. We got MLB regular season coming around the corner. NFL free agency in full swing. And that is all the time we have here. Don't miss a show, everybody. LibertyTalk.fm. That's where you'll find us. Shout out to Jared Rubin if he listens all the way up to the end. That's all the time we have. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. Touch them all, Joe! Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM.